find three people and give them a high five today or a pound three people Praise God. I want to ask a question. Has a great God been great to anyone in this building? Right? How many of y'all believe a great God deserves great praise? Can we just take, because they're going to go bananas today. Whatever team they're rooting for, New England or Los Angeles. How many of y'all know that stadium, that Mercedes-Benz stadium is going to be electric today? And at the end of the day, the Rams have done nothing for those people. Well, watch this now, but they'll spend $2,500, $3,500, dollars $5,000 for a ticket and get nothing in return but the ability to yell and shout and scream. Right? So we're talking about a great safety on either side of that. But yet, it doesn't cost us anything. And we've been saved from eternal death. Come on, our bodies have been healed. Come on, our family members and loved ones have been brought back to Christ. Come on, somebody. Come on, our needs have been met. Come on, can we give our great champion a great praise in this place today? Come on, give one better then they'll give at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. That was okay, but how many of y'all know they're going to do a whole lot better at that Mercedes-Benz Stadium today? So I want to try that one more time. My, my voice, I went extremely hard during that 21 days of prayer and fasting. And really what I've got to do is build my body back up and, uh, and just get stronger. So I want to apologize. You all stretch your, your hands towards me and just strengthen my vocal cords and just overall in general it's all going to come back strong but that wasn't anything compared to what they're going to do later on today so i want to give you one more chance before we get into the message today can we give our great champion a great praise today off and stuff painted on our chest and stuff painted on our face but how many know we should be more radical for Jesus than they are for their football teams you all can be seated out there I don't I won't be before you long today I want to talk to you all today about one of the pillars uh, in our four purposes uh, called small groups and I've titled the message today live connected I think it's appropriate because it's Super Bowl Sunday we're celebrating teams, right? And so how many of you know you joined Linked Up Church to be a part of a team? And so there's one big team called Linked Up Church, but there are a lot of sub-teams within Linked Up Church that we want to make sure we get you into the game and get you on a team. And so <laughs> if you're following along today, you can follow along with the YouVersion Bible app. 
We are live, so all of our internet connectors are up. You can do that right within the service. Go to the Uversion Bible app, click events, pull up Linked Up Church, and all of the notes, the outline is right there, and you can follow right along with us. And so, introduction. Real, real life change happens in the context of relationships. How many of y'all know when you think back over the course of your life, you know, if, if you're like me, when I think about change, it's connected to a person. And so the first person I, I think about that impacted my life was my mother. Rest in peace. All right? Then there was a, a teacher named Miss Bonamasi. I was a, a troubled kid, but she reached out and she saw potential. She said, this boy is going to either be Malcolm X or Martin Luther King, one or the other, but he has no in-between. And she invested in me. After that, it was Al Littlejohn who saw me getting ready to be put out of the school. And he said, you know what? The boy just has too much energy. Let me put him on a basketball team so he can get some of that energy out. And that started my basketball life. And then we can just kind of continue to go on from there. You know, as I became a, a college student, there was an angel by the name of Bill Mass. Never seen him again since then. That name doesn't even exist. But yet he spent four to six weeks with me while I was in college. After college, it was a guy by the name of Reginald M. Lane. Rest in peace, young man. But he invested in me. He picked me up every day, or once a week, I'm sorry, would take me to get something to eat and just spend time over a meal. He would take me to look at nice suits and take me out to the suburbs to look at nice homes and tell me that, that as a young man, all of this is available to me if I'll just honor God and do the right things at the age of 22. After that, I ran into uh, and, and ended up joining a church called Word of Faith International Christian Center. Bishop Keith A. Butler is a person that has greatly impacted my life. A lot of who I am today started with being able to go to that church, go to that Bible school, and it began to shape and mold me. I know that shocked you all that I said that name, but in reality, folks, God used that man to help make me who I am today. And we all need to grow up, man. The devil is trying to separate and segregate the body of Christ. We're all human beings. We all make mistakes. Come on, somebody. But it does not take away the impact that someone has had on our lives. Thank God for Bishop Keith A. Buller. I thank God for him, right? And I can go on and on and on. After that, if I don't meet him and I'm not a member at that church, I don't meet my next life change called Patricia Elizabeth Gregory, with your fine self, boy. And I can go on, but when I think about my life changing, it's always connected to a person, not an event. Anybody willing to agree with that in here, right? I don't remember events, but I sure do remember the people that God used to impact my life. So real life change happens in the context of relationships. In the Bible, they worshiped in the temple, but ministry happened from house to house or out in the community is another way to say that. And so ministry is, or worship is happening in here. I mean, no, ministry doesn't start until we leave here. If we don't take what we learned here and take it back into our homes, our communities, and on our jobs, then what we did here was a big show and a big waste of time. We benefited from it, but it didn't touch the people that it was intended to. Because the mission field begins when we drive off of this lot. So at Linked Up Church, we believe our church must grow larger, 
and smaller at the same time. On Sundays, it's natural. We're going to grow larger. But how many of those are crowds? We've got to grow smaller throughout the course of the week by spending time together and helping people get their lives together the way someone helped you get your life together. I want to ask you a question. Did somebody sacrifice, minister to you, and love on you to help you be where you're at today? Was that a person that did that? All right. Go with me to Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 10. And I just want to look at a few verses. I won't be before you long today. I want to read this one out of the Passion Translation. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25. Notice what it says. The Passion Translation should go up on the screen. It says, discover creative ways to encourage others and to motivate them towards acts of compassion. Discover creative ways to encourage others and to motivate them towards acts of compassion, doing beautiful works as expressions of love. This is not the time, watch this now, to pull away and neglect meeting together, as some have formed the habit of doing, because we need each other. Folks, we are better together than we ever are apart, right? Again, I just want to show you all, if we all stay together, we are impacting Atlanta in a far greater way. Yes. Took us five years to get back here. What if we would have just stayed there? Where would we be right now? All right. We're better together. Yes. How many of y'all agree with that? Yes. And we've got to grow up. It's not us against them. Amen. It's us. It's one body, and it's called the body of Christ. Amen. And we need each other. Yes. In fact, we should come together even more frequently, eager to encourage and urge each other to onward as we anticipate the day dawning or the day of his return. Acts chapter 2, let's read verses 46 and 47 out of the Amplified Classic. Acts chapter 2, 46 and 47, Amplified Classic says, And day after day, they regularly assembled in the temple with united purpose. And in their homes, they broke bread, including the Lord's Supper. Now, how many of you know they didn't have Starbucks back then? There was only two places they could meet, temple and home. How many of you know now we can meet at the temple, we can meet at the, the mountain, we can meet at Starbucks. Come on, somebody. We can meet at a bike trail. Whatever it is that we do, we can meet wherever we want to, right? We got to start at the temple, but we need to keep it going in other places all around our city. And so they partook of their food with gladness and simplicity and generous hearts, constantly praising God and being in favor and goodwill with all the people. Now watch this. And the Lord kept adding to their number daily those who were being saved from spiritual death. Folks, we only assemble in this large gathering once a week. So then how else would people get saved daily if we don't take what we learn from here and go out to reach them? Folks, this was never intended to be a Sunday salvation. It was always intended to be a daily salvation. When we take what God has given us and be willing to share that with someone else. Acts chapter 5 verse 42, Amplified Classic says it this way. 
says, yet in spite of their threats, they were being threatened to be thrown in jail and to be killed, but yet they ceased not for a single day, both in the temple area and at home, to teach, to proclaim the good news of the gospel as the Christ, the Messiah. So even though they were being threatened, they didn't stop this day-by-day ministry. Acts chapter 20, verse 20. I want to read that out of the Passion Translation, Acts 20, 20. just want to show you some supporting scriptures here. You know, a lot of times what naturally happens to people is they come to church on Sunday. And I mean, oh, that's like my Sunday thing to do. Then I unplug and I go back to being regular on Monday. I'm not talking about anyone in here. I'm saying that's what most people do. Right? And then we kind of live normal, regular, and then come back on Sunday to get all of that off of us. Right? God doesn't want us to unplug, folks. He wants us to go out of here on Sunday on fire and then light a, light a blaze everywhere we go and introduce as many people that we can to him. Look at what Acts chapter 20, verse 20, the Passion Translation says. You know how I taught you in public meetings, but I also came to your homes, and that I've not held anything back from you that would help you grow. Notice Paul said, I didn't hold back anything from you that would help you grow. I'm not telling you all anything. I don't live myself. A lot of times when you all see these altar cloths come to the front, you'll see a person come up to hug me. That's actually somebody I've been ministering to out in the community. Most of the time at the gym, I never tell anyone who I am. I just let my light shine. How I many know if you let your light so shine before men, come on, they'll see your good works. And that will draw them to the God that is in you. And a lot of times that's what you're seeing up here. There have been other times I just don't talk about these things publicly. And, and they're in the building and around the building right now. There are times when I've known of people who were hurting and in a bad place, right? And the Spirit of God just placed it on my heart to actually be a friend to them. There's one person in particular. God said, he doesn't believe I love him. And I need you to show him how much I love him through your life. I would drive all the way. You all don't know these stories. I would drive all the way from Forsyth County. It would take me an hour and 15 minutes. I would do this once a week to meet with this person, feed this person, minister to this person, build this person up. The person has had left Christ. But I'm glad to tell you today they are serving God and on fire for God and in this building, in this room right now. And you would have never known that they were thinking about giving up. Now what I want to help you understand is a sermon would have never done that for that person because the sermon is just that person up on the stage. He didn't know I was real until I came off of the stage and was willing to do anything that I could to help him grow. You all wouldn't know this. Is William Tank Mathis in this room today? Is he around the building today? Where's, I don't have time to go get him, but you all wouldn't know this. About nine years ago, you wouldn't know where he was at. And the Lord told me every week to speak an encouraging word. Come here for a minute, Tank. You all wouldn't know this about this young man. Don't be afraid. <laughs> right? He doesn't mind me sharing this. But he was at one of the lowest points in his life. Everyone had wrote this man off. When I began ministering to him, he asked me the question, what is it that you want from me? You remember that? 
And I said to him, the only thing I want from you is for you to be better today than you were yesterday. Listen to me. He was homeless. Y'all don't know these stories. Life was busted and broken up. Just began to love on him. Hired him. Y'all don't know people laughed at me for hiring him. But guess what, folks? If somebody doesn't give us a chance... And I watched him begin to pull himself up. Now he's married to a beautiful wife. Come on, they, they've got beautiful kids together. Come on, somebody. And that had nothing to do with a sermon. That had to do with someone being willing to spend time with someone outside of church. And honestly, I don't know, is his wife in here? He married way over his head. William Tank Mathis. And I'm looking around this room. There are at least four other people I can pull up here right now and tell you stories that a sermon did not help them at all. It was a real person who said, you know what, if it wasn't for Reggie Lane, come on, somebody. Keith Butler. Believe it or not, it wasn't a sermon from Bishop Keith Butler. Y'all don't know these things. It wasn't a sermon. We went to Super Bowls together. We went to Final Fours together. We flew in a plane every week together for five years. It was those personal stories and times together. Going to eat had nothing to do with a sermon. That shaped and molded me far greater than any sermon he ever ministered. Paul said he was unwilling to hold back anything that would help somebody else grow. Letter A, small groups provide three things. Number one, a place to connect. How many know we all need somewhere to connect and we all need somewhere to belong? 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 22, the Amplified says, to the weak, I became as the weak. Paul didn't say he became weak. He said, to the weak, I became as weak. So in other words, Paul was willing to identify with where someone else is at in order to reach them at their level. How I many know we don't need to come in with all of our scriptures and quoting all of our scriptures and all of our education. We need to locate where people are and meet them right where they are so that we can bring them up to where God wants them to be. And that's without judging people, because if you'll look back over your life, you were messed up at one time too. Come on, somebody. I'm not the only one that was messed up, and somebody invested in me. So Paul said, to the weak I became as weak. Why? To win the weak. I have become all things to all man, men, so that I may, be all, may by all means and in any and every way save some by leading them to faith in Jesus Christ. Small groups provides a place to connect. I mean, there are a lot of people that won't come to church, but they'll go play basketball. I mean, there are a lot of people that won't come to church, but they'll ride a motorcycle. There are a lot of people that won't come to church, but they'll do a whole lot of other things, and you can meet them right where they are and share the love of God with them. You know, this is a special woman sitting right here on this front row. Talking about a place to connect. 
We had one of our members, we hadn't probably seen them in years, right? Going through a tough time, and the wife uh, ended up losing her husband. I'm going to tell you how special this woman is. She received a text at 10 p.m., 10.30. She jumps up out of the bed, puts her clothes on, and goes straight to the hospital to be there for her. Same night. Got the text, my husband just passed. She throws her clothes on, takes off. That's not a sermon, folks. See, people don't care how much you know. They want to know how much do you care. Jumps up out of her bed, goes down there to see her. I go see her the next day. And we made a concentrated effort to love on this family at the lowest point in their lives more than their own family would. We agreed that we would show them the love of God at a level higher than anyone in their family ever could. And that's exactly what she wrote back to us after it was all said and done. You know what the most beautiful part of all of it was? At the home going, 25 people gave their lives to Christ. Come on, don't pity pass. Somebody can give God better praise than that. How many of y'all know that's not a sermon? That's showing people you care. Small groups provide a, a place to connect. Number two, a place to protect. Go with me to 1 John chapter 3, verse 16. Amplified Bible says, 1 John 3, 16, a place to protect. It says, by this we know and have come to understand the depth and the essence of his precious love, that he willingly laid down his life for us because he loved us. Watch this now. And we ought to lay down our lives for the believers. Folks, it's going to cost you something. It will require some sacrifice on your part, but it costs somebody else something to help you. Someone else had to sacrifice something to help you. And all God is saying is the same thing that Christ did for you, be willing to do it for somebody else. It also, number three, provides a place to grow. Proverbs chapter 27, 17, the Amplified says, As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens and influences another, watch this, through discussion, not sermons. Some folks, at some point, we've got to have something called face-to-face. -face. You know, we live in a society today where people don't know how to talk to each other anymore. And I know I'm not the only one. My kids would rather sit upstairs and send us a text message <laughs> than just walk down a few steps to have conversation. Am I the only one? Most of us don't answer our phones today because we'd rather receive a text that we can respond to. Today, people want to have a relationship through social media. So they want to post things. I remember there was a person who said, you know, they, they did that, and I just responded, I don't really deal in social media relationships. 
What you're talking about requires face-to-face. So if you really want to talk about that, then let's get together and sit down face-to-face. Let's not hide behind emails and social media. Come on, somebody. But let's have some real healthy Christian discussion about the events that have taken place. Sometimes people want to call somebody else and have them relay a message to you. But that's not going to help sharpen each other, folks. At some point, we've got to sit across from each other and have some good, healthy discussions. Small groups helps us do that. So it provides a place to connect, a place to protect, and a place to grow. How do small groups work? Letter B, here at Linked Up Church. We're encouraging you to connect to small groups that speak to your passion. The reality is, folks, I am going to go to the gym three to five days a week. You know what I love at the gym? My wife will tell you, there's all, especially when we lived out in Gwinnett and Forsyth County, there would always be a group of, of Asian ladies that would be, they'd get all their chairs around and they'd have their Bible out or their apparatus and they would have small group meetings right at the gym. Right? What we're saying here is take advantage of the places that you already go to. The reality is once it gets warmer out, we're going to go to the mountain all the time, right? The title of the message is called Live, it's called Live Connected. So if we're going to go to the mountain and climb the mountain, why not meet some people at the bottom of the mountain, right? Ask people how you're doing. Is there anything we can pray with you about? Share a word, a scripture of encouragement, right? Go climb the mountain. Wear our T-shirts to say Climb Connected. And start a climb connected movement. Watch this. It takes an hour to get up that mountain and come back down. Guess what you are after you come down that mountain? Hungry. Somebody said tired. <laughs> Let's add that. You're, you're tired and hungry, right? And so now, depending on the size of the group, we can break up in subgroups and go get something to eat. We were going to do that anyway, and that we just had a small group meeting. Right? All we're saying is do it around your interests. We're going to build a gymnasium next door here. Some of y'all caught that, but it's going to happen, right? Right? Why, why not? I'm gonna, we're going to play ball anyway. So all we got to do before we play ball is get in a circle, see what needs are represented around that circle, share a word of encouragement, and go hoop for about 90 minutes to two hours. Guess what you are after you get done playing basketball for 90 minutes to two hours? Somebody said tired again. Let's add both of those, tired and hungry. Right? And so I remember the last time we were playing basketball on Monday nights, I think my overall record was about 42 and 2. Don't look at me like that, man. You don't want none. You don't want none. Was it about 42 and 2, George? You was on a lot of those losing teams. What, what <laughs> I remember Russell challenged me one time. Russell wanted to play some horse with his little New Orleans Saints jersey on. I said, Russell, you don't want to play horse, man. I forgot more about shooting jump shots than you ever learned. Waxed Russell in horse. You remember that? Or you, or you got selective memory? You remember that? Did, did, I, did I get you? You you see what I'm saying? Guys, we love challenges. So if we're going to do this stuff anyway, why not do it connected? 
I love softball, believe it or not. Why not start a softball league? Male and female. And then co-ed. So my wife and I can be on a team together. So before we beat you, all we got to do is come together. I, I, I hate losing. I'm playing to win. I don't care who it is. If you step out there, I'm trying to beat you. you my position is you shouldn't have stepped out there then. You didn't want that, then you shouldn't have came out here, right? But we need to have all of that. So since we're going to go play in a game anyway, what, what would be wrong with us getting in a circle and gathering hands, right? And we just had a small group meeting prior to playing baseball. I need to learn how to cook. It's a bunch of guys. You says, no, I do, I do. That's going to happen in your lifetime. She, she said it's been 22 years, almost 22 years. It will happen in her lifetime. I mean, I need to be in a group with brothers that can cook. Some chefs. Right? And the purpose of us getting together is to teach the other guys who can't cook how to cook. And all, oh, she said, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Take a lap, dog. Just kidding. So think about it. We came together for the purpose of cooking. But since we're together, why can't we just ask each other? Any needs represented in the room? Anything we can pray for and be in agreement about? Share a word of encouragement, right? Learn how to cook. After we get done cooking it, guess what we want to do? What did we just have? Did it require any more of my time? I was going to do that anyway, right? So, Connect to groups in your passion. Number two, they're semester-based. We don't want to take up all of your time, right? So we've got two starting times throughout the year, spring, uh, which is January through April, and then fall, September through December. We take the summers off so that you can spend time with your families and go on vacations. So we don't want to take up all of your time. You can become a leader. We believe that everyone has areas of strength, strengths and giftings that can benefit others. The first step in becoming a small group leader is to attend a small group leader orientation. These classes are offered every month in step four to give you an overview of what it takes to start a group. You'll discover that it's easier than you think. Now, if I can kind of give you a little vision of what I'm talking about, because every group, since whatever they're doing, they're going to do it connected. Can you imagine all around metropolitan Atlanta, people are seeing T-shirts that say Ride Connected? Because my wife and I, we're going to get us some motorcycles. Oh, my God. There's the group right there. there, there the, there's the group right there. Actually, I, now don't laugh at me. Mine will have three wheels on it. Now, I know the fellas. I know you just checked out right there. But it will. It'll have three wheels on it. And that's for insurance purposes. Believe it or not, my insurance does not allow me to ride a two-wheel motorcycle, right? And so I'm going to get one. We're going to ride together, my wife and I. Well, well, since we're going to go riding anyway, why not meet a group right up here in that big old parking lot out there, right? So before we map out our course, all we got to do is what? Assess the needs, pray, share a word of encouragement. After we ride for a couple of hours, guess what we want to do? What did we just have? All right. D, 
Do that a semester at a time. And then last thing as I close, experience a life change. You'll never fully experience what Linked Up Church has to offer until you connect in a small group. As a staff, we just started one on this past Friday. The biggest thing I loved from that was the getting together, the hugging. Uh, I love what Wellman came up and said to me afterwards. There's just something we're going to get out of that, folks, that we can't get anywhere else. Every first Friday, we're going to have our staff small group meeting. My wife went to a small group meeting on yesterday, and I just want to put this out there publicly now. She came home with peach cobbler. I don't eat that stuff no more. I don't think. I'm not eating it right now. And I'm trying to give it up, that and bread. But she came home with all of this food. And the thing that blessed her the most uh, was that it was so many ladies there eating and spending time and praying and fellowshipping with each other that it just blessed her house. She just popped in on a small group meeting just to see what they were doing. Folks, I'm telling you, I'm so excited about this. I don't know what to do. I just can't. I don't have the energy right now to just show you how excited, but, but if I could, I'd do a cartwheel right across the front of this room and a backflip and land on my feet. I'm telling you, I'm so excited about it. I'd run around this sanctuary and be up on this stage before you ever knew I got off the stage. You want to see me do that? I just did it, and I'm already back. All right? And so we envision ourselves being a part of seven to eight of these because we just love life, folks. I'm an outdoors person. I don't want to be in the house. Anybody else like that? Yesterday it was so nice out, I couldn't even go in the house. So I just drove around, right? Maybe we can have a group called Drive Connected. You know, I love to dream, so I just drove around looking at houses and neighborhoods and went by the motorcycle dealership. I just love dreaming. We can dream connected. That sounds like a good group right there. Create vision boards. All right. So now, in my conclusion today, life is not meant to be lived alone. You were created to experience life with other people. And that's why at Linked Up, we encourage you to get in a small group, and we've got something for everyone. How many of y'all are ready to dive in? How many of y'all want to be an active member at Linked Up Church? Raise your hand. You want to be an active member at Linked Up Church, right? And so we want you to find a group that fits you or start one on your own. So after this service today, you can go out there in the lobby, ask questions. There'll be uh, a desk set up there. There's also a link at the bottom of today's message that you can go to and just fill out an interest form and someone will follow up with you and let you know what it is that we provide, areas that might interest you. I can't wait to get into a, a married group. How many know it's important for married couples to be together? Right? I'm getting ready to challenge my best friend, Bishop George Davis. He'll be with us next weekend to start, to two of us to start a pastor's group where once a month we fly to different places around the country and we just spend time building each other up, asking the tough questions. How are you in your marriage? How are your eyes? How are you as a father? Let the wives do some other things. I mean, that's important to do. 
You know why pastors get picked off? Because they spend all their time alone. They don't have other pastors to speak in their lives. So they're all depressed and lonely and messed up because they're not spending time with other people. So when he's here next week, I'm going to challenge him. Let's start a pastor small group. Hallelujah. Let's all stand to our feet. I'm out of time. Did you all get anything out of this today? Praise God. Let's stand to our feet and just lift our hands. Let's begin to worship the Father for a moment. Father, you have called Linked Up Church and you have given it a vision, Father. It has four purposes, to connect people to God, connect people to family, which includes small groups, to connect people to purpose and to connect people to community. And so, Father, anyone that you have sent here, Father, they should be actively pursuing those purposes. And so my prayer today, Father, is that no one in the building or watching online will just be a hearer of the word today. But they're going to search their heart and their spirits and figure out how it is that you're leading them to do what it is that they've heard. And Father, my prayer is that you will help us impact the entire community and the entire county and the entire state through your word along with small groups. And we'll give you all the glory for all the good that will come out of that. In Jesus' name. Now, while you're in that attitude of prayer today, I want you to just look up.